you know, you could spend all of your time thinking about the things that are wrong, or you could also find space to be grateful for the things that that are. I suppose I always think about gratitude as my default attitude in that sense. And humor kind of allows me to see the beauty of life. Welcome to the Humorology Podcast with me, Paul Barros, and my glittering lineup of guests from the worlds of business, charity, sport, and entertainment who are going to share their wisdom. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. And their use of humor with you. Humorology is the study of how humor can dramatically improve your business and your life. Humorology puts the fun into business fundamentals, increases the value of your laughing stock, and puts a punchline back into your bottom line. Please remember to like, subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. My guest on this edition of the Humorology podcast is an award-winning CEO, humanitarian and campaigner. She has proudly and passionately produced programmes that have created positive change in communities across the country as the chief executive of the Diana Award, the only charity that bears the name of Diana Princess of Wales. She has built a career out of putting children at the centre of community-based sustainable change. She is a passionate humanitarian and campaigner who has gained an international reputation for work around building youth leadership and tackling systemic inequality. When she's not overcoming challenges with her charities, she spends her time contributing to the country's most comedy-minded committee, Comic Relief. In 2019, she became the very first British national to be honoured with the prestigious Martin Luther King Award. In 2020, she was given a CBE in the Queen's Honours List for her contributions to children and their communities. Her brightness brings a legacy of lightness and laughter into young people's lives. Tessie Ojo, welcome to the Humorology podcast. I cannot believe that's me you've been talking about. <laughs> Thank you for making me suddenly feel like an imposter. That's amazing. Who see me? Is that? <laughs> well, uh, well, but every word of it is true, Tessie. And actually, I wanted to let people know that you have done some extraordinary things in your life. So uh, it, it took me a while to get through them, to be honest with you, but it was it was worth it so people know. It um, was actually a joy to listen. I, and you read it out so perfectly. You said it all so well. I, I, was, I was impressed by that CV myself. Oh, well, bless you. 
you work with some very serious issues, I mean, involving children and communities and inequality. How do you create space for humour amongst all that? You know, humour, I see humour as, as the best medicine. You know, we live in, you know, you could spend all of your time thinking about the things that are wrong, or you could also find space to be grateful for the things that, that are. And for me, I use, I see, I'm a very, I suppose I always think about gratitude as my default attitude in that sense. And humor kind of allows me to see the beauty of life because sometimes you see the ugly side of life. Like you rightly said, you see the inequalities, the disadvantages, the all of the ills in society. But every now and again, you, you really have to almost sandwich all of that with thankfulness, with a grateful heart, and just finding the beauty that's in life. I think that's a beautiful thing that the sort of an attitude of gratitude, as you put it, is very, very important. And presumably uh, dealing with very serious issues, as you do with the charity, it means that you have to have a lightness of touch because otherwise it will drag you down. Do you find that to be true? You know, the interesting thing about the work we do at the Down Award is about offering hope. So we... We are uh, the biggest thing is about how do we how do we bring solutions? So our work is always whilst there might be problems, our work, we're not the people that will shout about there's a problem. We're the people that would say there's this is a problem, but this is also how we can fix it. So we're always coming at issues, problems with a way out, a hope about a better tomorrow. So I think it's a completely, it helps us see the end in that sense. It helps us see the better tomorrow. You know, I remember, for example, I remember when the pandemic first happened and the Queen gave this speech and it was one of those speeches that was just incredible that we were only begin. it was only the start of the pandemic, the start of lockdown. And yet she talked about tomorrow will be better. And there was just something so hopeful about that statement, even though 18 months on, we're not quite there yet, but, for, for, but there was something that she offered us that was so hopeful that gave everyone something to hold on to. And that's usually our approach at the Diana World that we're not, yes, there are problems. We want to create solutions. We want to create a better future. We want tomorrow to be better for young people. So our work is hopeful. Our work is about bringing joy and hope to the lives of young people. So, I mean, hope is characterised in some way by humour, isn't it? Sort of, you know, if you can see the funny side of something, it can give you hope because if you're really in the midst of, and, and a lot of people you work uh, to help, are in the midst of very, very serious situations. So hope and humour and humility are really a big part of the Diana Award, are they not? For 100%, that's literally, like you would not see us ever um, just talk about a problem. You would always see us talk about a problem, but offer hope about solution. Always, there has to be a way, if not, 
there's no point pointing the fingers all the time. Like a lot of people, you know, that happen. You don't need us to point the fingers again. It's about how can we create a way out? What's the way out? How can we offer hope? How can we, how can we bring joy? Like I, I often talk about one of the things I know, if we think about Princess Diana, and one of the things that she stood out for was highlighting the problem, but always kind of offering a solution to that problem. Um, going where the pain is, but also saying there is pain, but this is how we can help. So it's almost making sure we're doing both at the same time. Yes, we go where the pain is, but we also bring solution. We also offer hope. We bring joy. That's key to what we do. I, I'm fascinated because uh, you said about going to where the pain is and and offering some light in that in that situation. And you mentioned Diana, who who obviously is the key to the Diana Award. She was known to be warm, charismatic, have a lovely lightness of touch and compassion. Um, how can people? bring that into their lives, those traits that Diana had into their lives? What what are the keys to doing that? You know, one of the things, such that's, firstly, that's such a great question. And, you know, when we were set up as a charity, it was really to instill the values that everyone, we so adored in Princess Diana, the values of empathy, kindness, selflessness, and just that ability to care deeply for other people without any without any gain and that's kind of our, what the work we do we are constantly helping instill those same values in in young people do you know as society i think one of the things that we've as we've progressed as society and as we've developed we've also sadly lost some of those natural humanness about our lives that ability to connect with people that ability to care, to, to be selfless. A lot of the time we're always in pursuit of self. It's got to be me, myself and I, and that's such a dangerous place to be because that just gives us this tunnel vision where we care about nobody else except ourselves. Do you know, actually this morning I was, and it's completely in tangent, but this morning I, at the gym, I, I had my earphones on and I was listening to music on Spotify, but um, this advert came on and this, and I was intrigued by this advert and I didn't know what the advert was about, but it was a lady who was saying, she was saying, I woke up this morning, I was going to work and I was so tired because I went to bed late last night. But as I was going to work, I noticed a man and I knew that there was something wrong and I decided to, um, to do something. And so I went to him and I said to him, do you know where I can get coffee around here? And that connection meant that he was distracted from what he was about to do. And she then went on to say he was about to jump off the cliff or something. And I, I was captivated by this advert. And the whole advert was about promoting, just reach out, talk to someone. It was just as simple as that. And what a great tactics, that advert, that, that's what I, Remember it so well, and I'm telling you now, because that's one of those basic things that we've lost. You know, we're so involved in ourselves and we just lose sight of that ability to care for someone, the ability to notice that there's someone 
around the corner who's struggling or there's people there are people in our community who need our help and we cannot build a society on selfless on selfishness it has to be grounded in selflessness compassion empathy just just understanding i might not know you i might not being positively curious about our neighbors you know being curious to say oh i haven't seen that person in a while i best check on what's happening not in a nosy bad way but in a positive curious way no, I think that's 100% right, because I think it's about connection. And uh, if if we walk out into the world with blinkers and we uh, we go, no, how, what can I get out of what I, can I get out of this? Well, actually, I think it's very good for the soul and for business to look outward and go, how can I connect with somebody today? How can I bring some and this is very humorology project, you know, how can I bring some lightness? How can I bring some laughter into somebody else's life? Because as you say, that might be, that little bit of connection might be the difference that somebody needs. And and I know that your amazing work with the Diana Award is about bringing lightness, bringing laughter, bringing hope into uh, uh, specifically young people's lives. But I think um, for our audience to take away that anybody can do this, obviously they can come and uh, volunteer uh, or they can uh, give some uh, money to the Diana Award, but also they can go out into the world and create these things as well. 100%. You know, one of the things that we... When I think about the pandemic and whilst we've been incredibly focused on, on health and getting the vulnerable sorted out and keeping everyone safe, there, I mean, this week we're looking at A-level results, GCSE results. The lives of young people have been hugely impacted by the pandemic. And I know that they would be the longer the long-term victims of the pandemic because whilst when, when we stop thinking about health and everyone's vaccinated and we've moved on and the economy is back up running, there are young people who have lost out on years of learning who would live with the impact for a very long time. So I think in terms of how can we intentionally support the next generation, that's one of the things that we are so um we're just so focused on making sure that young people's future is secure because in some way they've been left behind. So again, just to your audience, if anyone wants to be part of this vision, wants to be part of this, honestly, please find us on our channels at Diana Ward, volunteer your time, volunteer, give money, anything you can do that's about supporting young people to live a better life, to improve their life chances, to build back better, given that they've been impacted by the pandemic, that would be amazing. Well, and just so you know, um, from a psychological point of view, the more you give, the better you will feel. And so actually, when you're giving, you are giving yourself uh, to yourself as well. Absolutely. Can I tell you, can I tell you a story? I'm not, sure. you know, I think you think, 
I will not think myself as someone who's funny, but this is a really cool story. So when the pandemic happened and everybody was working from home, I, I'm, I, I, I wanted to do something. So we were obviously making sure that we were supporting our young people and we're all pivoting and making sure young people were well looked after. But I also wanted to do something in my community. I wanted to be able to be helpful, be useful. I mean, I wasn't isolating. I wasn't in the any of the risk categories. So I just wanted to be able to give back. And so I signed up. I saw an advert in my local community about um, volunteers were needed to help make lunches, just sandwiches and stuff, Monday to Friday, for people who were shielding. And it was being run by a local church. And I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to sign up. So I signed up to be a Friday delivery. I couldn't do the whole day lunches, but I could deliver lunches to a group of people. So I was a Friday delivery driver. And so I was assigned to this group of people. And I was, to them, every time I turned up in their door, and I had this, maybe I had about 20 people I had to deliver lunches to. Every time I turned up, I was just a delivery girl. That was all I was. And I had and one of the days, the best, and this is that feel-good factor. I tell you, the best part of it was what there was a lady who was always in her pink PJs. Well, she had different shades of pink. And every time I turned up on a Friday, I always commented on her PJs. And I always said, oh, you look lovely. Oh, you look, I love this color. I love the bit of paint, whatever. I, you know, anyway, there was a day, and I'm not, we're not allowed to, like, go into their houses. Obviously, you have to just knock and leave the bag by the door, and they come out and say hello. One of the days um, I knocked and she stepped out and she brought me a present. And I said, oh God, because we're not really meant to touch because obviously this was the height of the pandemic. And she said to me, it's my birth, it was my birthday yesterday. In, she, she must be in her sixties. She said to me, I've never had a birthday cake, but I knew you were coming and I wanted to bake and share a cake with you. So I made a cake last night and can we have cake and tea? I, I burst into tears. When you talk about volunteering, you get more. I did not do this just to, I wanted to just do something. This woman gave me, I, I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? It was the best feeling ever. I mean, I said to her, I'm so sorry. I would love to have tea and cake with you. I can't because I don't want to. I'm meeting met lots of people because of my delivery role. You're shielding. I don't want to, you know, but I'll happily take your cake and I'll go home and I'll raise a glass for you. But it just was the best feeling ever. Giving is the best feeling uh, ever. And I always say to people, if you think about, you know, uh, Christmas or birthdays or, you know, uh, holiday season uh, giving, I think it's always much more fun to find the right thing for somebody else, to, to, to make something, to give something. That's the greatest feeling. It's much better than receiving. So, you know, I, I think there's, there's, people can think, oh, it's selfless and it, it's thing, but actually you take away a huge amount from this. And that's a lovely story. Um, what makes you laugh, Tessie? Oh God, I, anything. To be honest, I, 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 yeah, I'm easily, I'm easily pleased when it comes. I can laugh at anything. Like I, I think just life in general. I just love to hear stories. I love stories. Like I 
thrive on stories. So I love to hear stories of what's happened to people, people's real life stories and the good and the bad and just things like that just bring me joy. Is there any is there any uh, comedians that particularly make you laugh or is it is it just real people? More real. I mean, I probably I, it's probably more real. I mean, people like I, this is probably a different level. But I know like growing up watching people like Mr. Bean, he was just a whole different level in that sense because he was it was the height of like he you know the minute you turn it on, you know you're literally going to laugh from laugh or cry or just pull your hair out from of just watching him but i just think real life stories make me laugh just stuff that's happened in real life when i see my daughter doing crazy dances and who's she's 23 and she last night actually she came into my room and i said to her what is this you're doing she goes i'm break dancing i'm like oh my goodness whose crazy child is this and it's little things like that that really bring me joy oh that's lovely well, you talked about um, uh, stories. Um, can you tell us a, a, a true funny story about something funny that's happened to you? Oh, my goodness. I was hoping you weren't going to ask me this. Um, so I'll tell you one. I'll tell you a couple, actually, but they're all kind of linked. So obviously, I went to the royal wedding, the wedding of Prince Harry and um, and Meg Markle, um, which was incredible. And I was... Um, because the media had a heads up that I, we were, were one of the charities going, it meant that we had quite a number of interviews. And I think we had a number pre and on the day. And so on the day, I think I was just, the level of excitement was off the roof. And I think I was in, a med, in, a interview, in an interview with the BBC and I can't remember what she asked me, but I was, and she said, I think she said something like, um, can you believe that you're here? Like, because we had done a few pre's and now this was the day. And she was like, can you actually believe? And I think I said something like, oh my God, somebody pinched me. That word got made into a gift, which every now and again, <laughs> every now and again, I get people send it to me. And it's a really, really, I, think I will send it to you. It's a really, really funny thing because it has me in this lovely dress and the hat and this gif is going somebody pinch me somebody pinch me and it's just hilarious I, I just find that so funny the other thing that was quite funny but in a kind of interesting way was after this interview obviously I'm walking into the chapel and guess what my shoes my heels got stuck oh, no. do you know who helped me undo undo this you would never believe Idris Elba. Oh, well. My first meeting is helping me undo my shoes. Oh, it was the most embarrassing. But then on at the spot, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, Tessie, only you will be heading into the chapel for a wedding and your shoe gets stuck. But then, actually, when I've told the story, I, I, when I look back, I'm thinking it's the most, it's hilarious. It's so funny that I think, of course, it had to be me that that happened to. We, we talked about Harry's wedding, which is an amazing event. And I know that you and I've worked with Harry on School of Hard Knocks. Um, 
he's a very, very caring man, as is William. And how gratifying is it to have them really showing those same traits of caring, of compassion as their mother and, and, and that legacy of, of love that, that comes through? It's incredible. I mean, I'm, it's such an honor to be walking alongside both of them. And it's, it's wonderful. When you talk about Diana's legacy, I mean, we often talk about Diana's legacy. For us, we're trying to, our work is to instill that, let or pass that legacy on to generations of young people who never met her. But actually, her legacy is seeing her sons carry out those activities. Her sons continue those values of compassion, of service, of actually, I don't, I'm, I do this because I, I care deeply. I know firsthand that both princes would never do stuff because, I mean, I, because it's, oh, it's my job to do it. It's always been, we care about something and then we'll get involved in that stuff. So it's, it's, it's incredible. And also what I know about both of them is that they have great senses of humour. They love to chide, they love to tease, they love to play. And I think that that lightness of touch is, is what brings people in and, and makes people trust them. And the whole Humorology project is about understanding that wherever you are in, in society, you have the ability to connect through humour, through lightness, through chiding, playing. And that is where the warmth comes from. And if you've got that kind of warmth, you can be compassionate and you can change people's lives like you, uh, William and Harry, are doing so beautifully with the Diana Award. Well, absolutely. And thank you for saying that, because, you know, ultimately that's what we're trying to do to, to change lives. So to work alongside young people to help create a better future. And yeah, absolutely, you need all of those. You need to care deeply and you don't, you need the warmth, you need to be able to be compassionate, to, to be to just empathize. You might not have, you don't have to have walked in people's shoes to understand what they're going through, but you you can empathize and you can listen to build that empathy. Yeah, I think 100% true. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, is everyone funny? Oh, that's a good question. I think we... It depends. I I mean, not everyone's a comedian. Not everyone's great at making up jokes or creating jokes. But I think it depends on your outlook. Everyone has the potential to be because it's about your outlook, isn't it? It's about just learning not to take everything so seriously. It's learning to find gratitude in life and to just, you know, yes, my shoe got stuck, but hey, Guess who rescued? Who was my knight in shining armor? Like, if that didn't happen, I probably wouldn't have met him, right? That's an outlook. That's a perspective. It's about how do you see life? Do you see life from a glass half full or glass half empty? And I think we all have the potential to just have humor, to 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 sprinkle our life with a little bit of laughter, a little bit of joy, just so that we live a better life. I, I think that's so true. And from a psychological perspective, I think it's, it is. You, you mentioned a very important word, which was attitude. And who's in charge of your attitude? Uh, when I'm doing lectures around the world or working with CEOs and, and board level people, I always say that I walk into a room and I know this about you uh, because when we met before, I know this. You must on some level do what I do, which is I walk in assuming that everybody is lovely because your attitude will display on your face, won't you? If And this is something our audience can take away. If you're walking in going, I bet the people in here are really miserable, your face will show it. You'll, you'll, you'll display that. And I know that your, your face lights up when when you see people, you are genuinely, and your story about going around um, and delivering meals during the pandemic, what did you do? You presumed everybody was nice, didn't you? And, and, and that attitude pervades and pervades your, your, your very being. And there is something that I think anyone can do. Change your attitude, change your life. 100%. I couldn't agree more, yeah. Now, you work in, in places where you have to deal with very difficult situations and people, and especially young people, are in very difficult situations. As a humanitarian, is humour part of that healing process? Again, coming back to that hope, there's something about perspective there's something about being able to offer 
hope, being able to offer, um, being able to help change people's perspective, even if the situation hasn't changed. When you are able to, to begin to, one of the things I tend, I try to do, and I think I try to do all the time is to be intentionally thankful because that intentionality means that I'm able to see uh, what was, I, I'll give an example, what is a cup of coffee could suddenly become a, a, a whole gallon of coffee because of that in your attitude and your, your perspective. And I think that ability to bring some laughter, some joy, just, it might not be absolute laughter in that sense because that might not be appropriate at that time, but it's about how do we make what is meant to be, like I was giving the example of that person who's shielding and during the pandemic and offering and going around delivering sandwiches. Um, but every time I, I arrived saying how beautiful her PJs were, and however, you know, she's, there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of um, fear around the pandemic and the situation is dire, absolutely. But still there's space, even in that frame, to offer a compliment, to give a perspective, something that brings joy to someone. I'm not fixing the problem. I'm not taking her out of isolation. I didn't come with a vaccine. I just came with a um, cheese sandwich and a packet of crisps. <laughs> but even in doing that, by saying your PJs are amazing, she, I didn't buy her a cake. She chose to, because of the way she felt inside of her, to make herself a cake for the first time in her 69 years. Of That's incredible, right? I think you came with more than that. I think you came with a cheese sandwich, a packet of crisps, a smile and a positive attitude and warmth. And those are the things that makes a difference. Anybody can throw a cheese sandwich uh, at, at someone and go, there, eat. But it's actually <laughs> right. the love you bring with, yeah. with the cheese sandwich and the packet of crisps is actually worth more to everyone yeah and it i i i said in the introduction that you um that were the first british national to win the uh martin luther king award now martin luther king was round, renowned for his humility uh i think it's sometimes because i've read quite a lot about martin luther king and it is uh, early life and i think we forget to humanize some of our heroes and i was reading that he had the most wonderful sense of humor, especially when he was young and he was with fellow preachers behind closed doors and would share jokes all the time. And what he was doing, according to the biographies I read, was using humor to deflect mm. from the gravity of what he saw, what he felt and what he lived on a daily basis. Do you think that uh, that humor aids resilience? 100%. I mean, what that's so, I mean, I hadn't even seen that, but absolutely, there is a way of 
again, is that being able to deflect, being able to, to offer some form of, you know, laughter releases hormones in us that is so important for our mental well-being. It's so important for our resilience. The whole point of offering hope is to build resilience, to say, we, you got this, we will make it. Tomorrow will be a better day. Better days are coming. All those words are words that are completely geared towards be helping you build resilience for a later day to give you assurance that next the next day will be better, even if I don't know that for sure. And that's in some way, that's part of what I think what humor does is help you release those is the end of things that helps you feel good, improves your mental well-being, and allows you to, to hold on to hope. I agree. 100%. Um, what would the world be like without humour, Tessie? Oh my goodness. Like, I don't want to live in that world without humour, for sure. I think that, oh, humour is so, so important for in our world. I know that, you know, like I said, you know, laughter triggers the release of endorphins and it's just our world will be boring. <laughs> quite frankly with that humor pitiful as well i think oh, for uh, sure 100 percent. you as the chief executive officer of the diana award have to run a big operation and i as a chief executive and somebody who sits on a lot of boards if i asked you to write a business case for humor what would you include? Because you know that businesses now are talking about the bottom line and, and, and what, uh, what we can uh, cut and everything. Why would you put humour on a business case and what would it include? Hmm, that's a really good question. So I think for me, obviously, like what I said earlier was that laughter triggers the release of endorphins. Endorphins are important because they pro they promote an overall sense of well-being um which is in which is you know we are living in strange times we had just been through a pandemic still going through that and so i would 100 in my in a business case put in i want ultimately my team to be mentally well I want my team to thrive. I want my team to, to feel that they have all the tools they need to come into the workplace. I would absolutely employ, if I could, a yoga laughter teacher um, to support my team thrive in this, in this time. Because I know that if I did that and if we could successfully support the team through um intentional laughter like yoga yoga laughter i know three things will happen i would increase my team's mental well-being i would improve their general levels of happiness and which invariably improves their um levels of engagement but also i think i would reduce sick days if they're happier healthier 
I would have, they would take less time off ill. Well, you've just given me the perfect case because you've included the return on investment. So the, even the finance director has to take note of that, doesn't he? Oh, the fi 100%. I mean, the finance director wants productive days. Obviously, the more, what's, what's the point of a vision or what, what is the point of a business without its staff? You need, you have a vision, you have, you need people, your people matter. One of the things that really struck me the most in this pandemic actually was your people matter. You can, there's a business without its people is nothing. And you have to, whilst you might be for a charity where obviously our, P, our beneficiaries, our young people are a huge priority for us, but so is our staff, so is our people. Our people need to be well, they need to be engaged, they need to, they need to, one of our promises we made to our staff and to anyone who wants to work for the Diana World, absolutely, actually we have some job vacancies, so go and look on our website for job vacancies. One of our propositions to, to any future employer employees um, is that we want to be an employer of choice. We want people to choose us. We want to have our employer value prop proposition that includes we will look after your mental well-being. And so those things are so important to us as an organization that anything that supports our staff members to to thrive mentally and physically is priority for well i think that you are on the cutting edge of of where business has to go because um you know we have uh, uh, children who are no longer children uh, of the same kind of age and their generation is going to look to businesses to look after their well-being much more than the thing. So I think it's even a good business case to be that kind of employer, because like you say, you know, then you're going to get less sick days, then you're going to get people who are happier at work. And it's proven that when people are happier, they do a better job. That, that, so I, I completely agree. Um, have you ever taken a joke too far, Tessie, and crossed the line? I hope I haven't because I, you know, I hope I haven't because I know what it means to, I know how important it is. You know, we cannot be building, part of building empathy and trying to be, think I'm being selfless, less self-focused is about understanding where to, when to draw the line, understanding when that joke is at the brunt of somebody else. Um, which is really, really important to make sure that we can't be building community and building society. And yet, on the other hand, tearing it down because it's it's fun for someone else, but it's at someone else's expense. So it's always really important to be aware of that line. I mean, one of, you know for sure that one of the programs we run is an anti-bullying program, which often sees young people um, who are at the receiving end of what they might, what other people might refer to as banter, but banter that crosses the line. I think that's very interesting because I know you sit on the Royal Task Force for cyberbullying as well. And uh, I was talking to Joe Brand um, uh, on this podcast 
um, about using wit as a weapon to combat bullying. And she was actually giving some really good advice about, you know, how to you know, protect yourself, but also uh, how to stop people from doing it and by using humour. Because humour not only protects yourself, it can also actually just push people back. So it's, do you, do you think that a sense of humour to build your own resilience, but also to stop people from bullying you could be useful in to combat cyberbullying as well? I think it's a, you know, it's a fine line. I think obviously a sense of like everything we've said about building hope, building resilience and just finding joy in life and not having that balance of not taking everything so seriously, that's incredibly important. But I think it's also important not to, it's also important to be aware of those lines and not to cross those lines and be sensitive to the words that you're saying and the impact it could have on somebody else because you know you might be an expert and say well I'm going to use um humor to to counter bully or to push the bully back but there, there are lots of other ways like educate that person call say to that person um what you're doing is wrong this is how I feel you know, there's just, I would rather use other ways. I mean, I think that it depends if you're an expert and you know how to, how to have that joke out properly that, that deals with that issue. That's great. Um, not everyone has that level of skill. And I think the easiest to do, especially with young people is to be able to speak out about bullying and say to someone, I'm not, I don't enjoy that. That's, I feel that joke is at my expense and I feel really hot by it. Would you please stop it? Just being able to talk about it and call it out and, and educate on why I don't find that fun. I remember when I was much, much younger, this is many, you know, I, I'm I'm quite I'm gray, I'm gray haired and I was gray from I, from from my teens. And it used to be people thought it was funny to say, oh, why are you so old? And I was only a teenager. But actually, I just, I'm not that person that cared much about stuff like that. So I just didn't care. I always find it interesting now when people will say, oh, I love the color of your hair. How did you, what dye? Can you recommend a great? And I'm like, and I always go, it's natural. I'm just like this. And I just, you know, it's one of those things where I just learned not to be bothered by it then. But if it bothered me, I would have probably called that anyone but it's just one of those things that don't bother me um so I think it's just about individuals I, I would always say look if something is so, if there's a joke that's at your expense tell the person straight out don't suffer in silence because a lot of people suffer in silence and that's dangerous as well um speak out call call it out in the most compassionate way tell them I don't like that I, it's at my expense and I don't really find it funny and I feel hot by it, and hopefully they will stop. Yeah, no, I think that's a very valid way uh, to do it. Um, I, I think that one of the things that humour gives you is if, if, if you have a lightness of touch when you're actually telling somebody that, and you, you've created that bond of trust, which can sometimes come through that lightness of touch, it is easier for the message to land as well. But, uh, you know, I completely see what you're saying. 
Tessie, we've come to the part of the show called Quick Fire Questions. Quick Fire Questions! Who is the funniest business person that you've met, Tessie? Paul, it's got to be you, though. <laughs> I've had so much fun on this. I think I've, I've had so much fun on this podcast already. So you've got to have that crown. Oh, my goodness. Of all the episodes we've done and nobody's ever mentioned me, you're now my favourite <laughs> guest, officially. <laughs> By the way, what a move, Tessie. What a move. Well, Beautiful you know... Done. You you read out my bio, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I can see why you got to the top, to be honest with you. Flattery will get you everywhere. Um, What book makes you laugh? So I'm probably someone who reads more biographies and life lessons. So So I wouldn't really put a book down to a book that makes me laugh because I'll probably read more um, more teachable things that I learn from a book is life lessons and, you know, things from inspirational books. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to pass on that, I'm afraid. No, no, that's, that's fine. Is there a film that makes you laugh? Oh, God, my old time will have to be Mr Bean. I, I know it's kind of a series, it's not necessarily a film, but I think he, oh God, I know it's it's the ultimate. It's for me, it has to go, I have to, you know, bring it back. There's a couple of others. Um, there's a film called The Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and it is the most hilarious film ever. Um, it's one of those that I'll always go back and watch um, from time to time. Um, things like, it's, it's, there are lots of series. I, Obviously, you can tell my age from the book, from the films I'm mentioning. But yeah, so things like, you know, yeah, that's hopefully that answers the question. No, it answers the question brilliantly. And it's given our listeners things to look up. The Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I've I've never even heard of this. So I'm going to look it up. Oh, for sure. Please look it up. It is the best thing ever. Oh, wonderful. Well, taking a, a bit of a leap to the other side, what is not funny? Any joke at someone else's expense. So that's in the bullying realm, isn't it? Uh, well, when... Yeah. If it's about if it's at someone else's expense, so if you're intentionally trying to make someone small to make yourself look great, then that's not funny. No, I agree. Uh, and uh, and that's the trouble with humor as well is it it you know you have to be on the right side of it you know cruel yeah. humor can really damage people so it's about yeah. understanding that um what word makes you laugh oh I, oh my gosh that's tough what word makes me laugh i don't know <laughs> is it pinch now Probably somebody pinched me. <laughs> probably. Oh God. Yeah. Probably. I don't. Yeah. Somebody pinched me. But yeah. Pinch. Because yeah, it brings me back to that. Thank you for saving me there. Yeah. No. Is there, is there a sound that makes you laugh? Does it, you know, it's a baby's laughter, your children laughing. 
Baby's laughter is a great one. My daughter doing silly dance at, I think, young people. I, do you know what? I tell you the thing that brings me so much joy is being around young people and their banter. They are like positive banter. And it's just hilarious. Like the things they would probably, especially my, my children when they have their friends over, the things they argue about, like what's better, potato or courgette, it's <laughs> things like that. that and the way they, they take the conversation and the things, the references they begin to draw, I, I leave for occasions like that. I'm just like, I'm here with my popcorn and drink and I'm listening. So it's the sound of banter for you. It is. Young people's banter. 100%. Would you rather be considered clever or funny, Tessie? Can I be both? Well, you're asking a lot, but seeing, <laughs> seeing as you said I was the funniest business person you've ever met, you can have what you like, to be honest with Thank you. Thank you. I want to be both. I don't want to be either. I want to be both. Uh, you've got it and see how what an easy pushover it is and it's a life lesson say something nice about somebody and they'll do anything for this you this is it 100 uh, percent. and finally tessie desert island gags you can only take one joke with you to a desert island what would it be somebody pinch me <laughs> I really, well, you're going to spend a lot of time on a desert island being pinched or this pinching yourself. This is it. It's the memories. It's everything with that. It's everything that's that time because it's one of those gifts that keeps giving. So when I take that with me, I think about all the times it's been used. I think about everything around it, all the people attached to that. It comes as a, yeah, it's one that just keeps giving. Well, that's wonderful. You can have somebody pinch me as your punchline on the desert island, the punchline that will bring back beautiful memories. Um, Tessie, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Humorology podcast. Thank you for your warmth. Thank you for your loving nature. Thank you for your lightness. Thank you for your compassion. And thank you for being a guest on the Humorology podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been such a joy. I've loved it. The Humorology podcast was hosted by Paul Barros and produced by Simon Banks. Music by Steve Hayworth, creative direction by Les Hughes and additional research by Helen Sykes. Please remember to subscribe, like and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Big Sky production. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.